Welcome to the I Don't Give a Should show, a podcast exploring all the ways that women should all over themselves. How many times do you find yourself acting out of obligation or doing what everyone else expects from you without stopping to consider why? Where do all those beliefs that are driving you come from? If you're tired of feeling resentful, overwhelmed, stuck, exhausted, or pissed off, you are in the right place. Shooting all over yourself is a real thing, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. I'm your host, Jen Sherwood, and I spent way too many years trying to prove that I was good enough and worrying what other people thought while avoiding conflict at all costs. Today, I don't give a shit. Well, not as many anyway, and neither should you. I'm talking to women like you who figured out how to stop shooting and start living. You're listening to the I Don't Give a Should Show, episode number 11. Today, my guest is Thu Nguyen. Thu is a pharmacist living and working in Arizona, but she was originally from Vietnam. Growing up in an immigrant household didn't leave a lot of room to take risks. She had to squash her innate creativity and entrepreneurial spirit for a more stable and secure life. In this process, Thu lost track of her true self, doing what was expected of her. She found herself at a crossroads of either accepting her uniqueness or following the crowd. Thu, I'm excited to hear where that crossroads has taken you and what life is like today. But first, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That was a great introduction. (laughs) That was great. Rolled off the tongue. Yeah, that's perfect. Thu, I'm really excited to hear the whole story. So just tell us, what was it like when you were living under the shoulds? Sure. So like the introduction mentioned, I grew up in an immigrant household where um, there are very specific expectations of a child in that, in that kind of thing. And my parents, when we were talking about going to college and career, they gave me like maybe three options, like <laughs> doctor, engineer, maybe pharmacist. So <laughs> I decided to go in the pharmacy route and I can give you a little bit more background here. When I was younger, we didn't have a lot of money because we, you know, my parents immigrated to America. And so it was just not a priority to like buy fancy things or like fun toys and stuff. But my friend and I had this friend of mine and we would get together and we would always hang out every like weekend and we would just create our own toys. Like we would just do our own things no, I can't have a Pokemon card. I'll just make my own Pokemon card kind of thing. And I think that stemmed that creativity stemmed from there because as her and I continue to you know grow up together and hang out, we're like, how else can we make money? And I remember when we were like in sixth grade, we're like, what if we write a novel and sell? I mean, we were like big thinkers, like creative people. We wanted to do this as a kid, but with the expectations of my parents, those things had to be on hold for other things. And so I went to pharmacy school and I think it was a good decision for me though. Like I I don't look back and be like, Oh, I wish I could have done be, you know, like a, a writer or anything like that, because I do, I do love math and I do love science. And I thought out of everything, pharmacy was the best fit. And it was, it was a really good fit. But yeah, there was definitely parts of me when I was going through pharmacy school that I had to stop doing a lot of that other extracurricular hobby stuff that I really did love. 
when I was in pharmacy school, right before I got into pharmacy school, I, I had this blog. And back then, this was like 2010, blogs weren't like a big thing, but I had this like beauty blog, you know, like that, that realm was like, or that area was starting to grow. And so I, I had this whole thing and I was like, you know, posting on it. I mean, I've always had that side of me, but I had to leave it behind for more didactic academic schoolwork. And I don't have any regrets though. You know, I still really love what I learned in pharmacy school and I appreciate this career to this day. And I am finding more passion in this profession as I've kind of stayed and and gone into it. But there is a side of me that I did have to let go in order to pursue this other thing. So I'm curious. Uh, first of all, I love the story about you and your friend. You know, you tell, what's that expression? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So <laughs> you guys were just creative kids. I love creative. the spirit of kids, the way they're like that. Like, okay, yeah. well, we'll just we'll just write a novel and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't sense. have the discipline to well, write a novel. <laughs> but the thought is the thought that counts. Yeah. yeah. It's that big dreamer, right? Oh, yeah. And it's sort of like as we make our way through adulthood, and then we all get that way. Like we just don't have the openness of kids and the joyousness. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are some adults that do, don't get me wrong. I shouldn't paint with such a broad brush, but life kind of just pushes all that mm-hmm. down. But I think what I'm hearing you say. It isn't so much that you, it's more like you left that side of you behind temporarily. Because I don't hear that you cut it off, you forgot about it, and it took 40 years for you to get back to it. It almost sounds to me like you, like pharmacy school is rigorous. I don't know. I've never been through it, but it sounds like it. And so it almost sounds like, okay, let me put this over here. I'm going to go for this stable, secure pathway. But now that you're in a more, like you're through school and you're in a professional role, was it almost like looking around at the other adults around you and realizing like, oh, I forgot about these parts and I want some of this back. Was there anything like that? Oh yeah. I mean, I think it was a little bit of a sacrifice. I don't know when I put those things away that it was necessarily, I thought it was just a temporary thing. I was really like, I need to focus on this career path and this is what's going to bring me like what I need in life. And that's what I've always been taught. I don't think anybody's ever taught me that I could combine the two. Yeah. And so I, you know, being in, I've been a pharmacist for eight years now and just kind of looking around at the other people that the other, my colleagues, I guess, my coworkers, I kind of see like, oh, you know, this is just the path that you're on and that's it. But I don't see so many people branching out. I don't see that person that I could like look up to and be like, wow, you're a pharmacist, but you also do this other stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had reached a point after it was post-pandemic, I've been pretty burned out. I, I felt pretty burned out after two years worth of like pandemic and quarantine and all this stuff. It was just its entire thing. And I kind of reflected back on this time and I thought, you know, life is really short and I just don't know if following this path that everybody else is following is right for me. I just don't feel that it's right. It's just like when I see myself in it and I put myself in in their shoes, I'm like, no, I I want more than this. I want more than just, you know, this uh, traditional pharmacy role. Like there has to be something else. And I think that's when I tapped into it a little bit. Okay. 
So I want to come back to the pandemic before we do, were you sort of seeing the impression I'm kind of getting, and you can tell me where I'm wrong, was the path like the path to burnout? Was it just sort of like the pathway was sort of this really worn groove and there just wasn't a lot of creativity to it? It was just, this is the expected route and that's that? A little bit. I think monotony can bring out a lot of burnout and just maybe not seeing a lot of other people doing something else puts me in this feeling of, oh my gosh, this is it. So there is a level of feeling stuck because I'm like, I can't visualize what else I can do just because I don't see in anybody else, but I, that's not where I want. I gotcha. But you couldn't visual, I couldn't visualize it. I couldn't see like, oh, I could be, you know, this other pharmacist or like this other thing. I, I couldn't see it because everybody around me was, everyone were doing the same things over and over again for years and years. I wonder if for you, and honestly, I've heard this from other people who've been on the show. I wonder for you, if the pandemic actually kind of sped up what other people yeah. did. And so while that, I don't think you would necessarily have chosen to work daily in a pandemic face-to-face with, yeah. the, with the public, but I do wonder if in a way it really actually looking back kind of has served you in that it was this really, really difficult yeah. time and it's pushed you forward towards what do I really want? Do you think that's a true statement? Oh, a hundred percent. I don't think, I do wonder what would have happened if I didn't go through this because the biggest lesson that I learned from the pandemic, and I actually did, I got sick right before the vaccines came out. So I did go through this whole thing of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? There's just a lot of stress and trauma that went on as a frontline worker during the pandemic. And it made me realize like, I cannot spend any more time doing what I don't want to be doing or or I don't feel fulfilled, but it it was an accelerating factor, the pandemic for sure. It really pushed me to think if I only have this much time left, like, what am I going to be spending that time doing? Right. And look around their suffering and everything all around. So like life is short and it's precious. So try to make the most out of it. Essentially. I'm I'm learning really big lessons from that for sure. Yeah. I think that's really incredible. And can I just step aside for a second and say, I don't think during the pandemic, when we talked about frontline workers, we heard about EMTs, nurses, doctors. I don't think I personally really thought about the pharmacists who still had to show up every day Mm -hmm. and reach across the counter and have conversations and be not that far away from other people. And um, so I really just want to acknowledge your contribution to this process and thank you for that. And then how beautiful that you're actually choosing to find some lesson in this. (laughs) And I always talk to my clients about when you're moving forward with something, really understand your why. What is your motivation behind it? Because then it really helps you stay focused. And I think I'm hearing you say your why is life is too precious and <laughs> to stay in this groove that doesn't quite fit you. And so it's time to like really open up and see what else is out there for you. So what is going on for you? So you've taken this lesson, you're doing some exploration. Where is this taking you? So Around, I think maybe April of 2022, I started being more active on LinkedIn. I actually got a career coach just to get more ideas of, I can't visualize what my career 
should look or would look like in the future. I just can't visualize it yet. So I need somebody else yeah, yes. to kind of step in and, and give me ideas and show me that other things can happen. So I needed a, a career coach, a mentor, and I was able to find someone like that on LinkedIn. And through her guidance, I was able to start posting on LinkedIn and just like for the first time using my voice on a very public platform Mm -hmm. and showcasing what I can do as a pharmacist. And you're very correct in saying that a lot of times pharmacists are overlooked. You know, when we think of healthcare workers, you think of nurses, doctors, EMTs, and that's, that's great. Those guys are amazing people, but don't forget the pharmacists too, because without us, they may not have the resources to provide that type of care. Yeah. Yeah, I think that me showing or just being on LinkedIn, showcasing what pharmacists can do, talking about a field in healthcare that I'm actually really interested in, which is transitions of care. And the fact that when patients go from one healthcare setting to another healthcare setting, that there may not be a lot of resources for them. And those in those moments of transitioning between all these, these healthcare settings, there's a lot of errors that can happen. There's a lot of mistakes that can lead a patient back to the hospital or worsen their health. And so I am at this point where I feel comfortable enough to like expose myself, (laughs) not expose, but just (laughs) like showing the world, like, hi, I'm here. And this is what I have to say. Like, I would never in a million years thought I would ever do something like that. I mean, yeah, I had a blog about makeup like a long time ago, but now I'm talking about something that like could really save people's lives or can really change practice. Like it's a huge 180 for me being very like, this is the path, just keeping my head down, going straight down, whatever this already paved path for me, or just like, hello, everyone. <laughs> like, look at me, listen to me. That's a, it's a huge 180. It's a huge change, but it's, it's worth it for, you know, my own mission and, and fulfillment in life. I love this so much. So you have yeah. this piece within this profession that you feel so passionate about, and you're really stepping out to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It puts you in a different light. It makes people look at you, which may be very uncomfortable, particularly in the beginning. And Uh so I can really see how you're using your creativity to expand your professional actions, interactions, experiences, and who knows where that will take you. Maybe this is a passion project that you just run with and, mm-hmm. or maybe it's something you just continue to work on. Who knows, right? That's where the, no one knows, <laughs> right? but, it, but it's great. I think the point through of you being here and sharing your story with my audience is we limit ourselves so much. And I love what you said about, I couldn't see it. So you went and got somebody to help you. And so my sense is probably working with this person is just like going through what does light you up? What is coming up for you when you think about what you like? I mean, that is a lot of times what happens when clients come to me as well. It's like, they know it's not right, but they don't know what the next step is. And I think that's such an important reflection. And the fact that you took the step to bring somebody in to help you with that. I just hope people who are listening, who maybe aren't feeling that they're on the right path. We'll just think about that, that sometimes it helps to have a sounding board, to have somebody else help you see what you can't see. And I also love that what you said is, I don't know what it is yet. Mm -hmm. Yet you're getting there. Yeah. I think one of the things I've learned is being more open to 
more possibilities. Yeah. This is the funny thing is when you do veer off of this path that's paved for you, it's just an open field. Yeah. And so you can go really anywhere. And, and, and again, like maybe finding a coach to help you maybe narrow down or be more focused, but it's like, it goes from just one thing to just like, poof, everything. Right. right. And, that and there is a level of, over, <laughs> there's a level of like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And just embracing, like, you don't know, but it's, it's good. And it feels good. Yeah. I would imagine the the openness that like all these opportunities or potential opportunities are available to you feels a lot more free than here I am in the oh, yeah. prescribed path. Oh, a hundred percent. It feels free. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. So Thu, I can imagine people listening are like, one, you are interesting. Two, the topic you're taking on is interesting. So if they wanted to know more about you, to follow you, where is the best place to connect with you? Best place to connect would be on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I, I put a lot of my posts out there about transitions of care. And, you know, I, I write my posts in a way that's digestible to not just healthcare providers, but really anybody. So if you're a caregiver to a patient or you're a patient or whoever, go check it out, go read some of my posts, understand where some of the errors can occur during those transitional periods and, and maybe learn how to prevent some of those things too. Yeah. I would imagine we have a lot of caregivers listening, a lot of people whose parents are starting to age or maybe kids with issues or patients themselves. But I suspect my demographic, there's a lot of aging parents. Mm, So I think that's perfect for them to go. What are you listed as? I don't know what the term is. No, honestly, is it just the name? Yeah. It's, I think my, that's- it's my name and maybe like put in Arizona or something. <laughs> there is actually a lot of Thuong Wins out there. It's a very common name. So maybe is there a way we can link Absolutely. my actual? Yeah. Okay. We'll find, we so will, it's easier. We will put all of your information in the show notes to make it easier. Perfect. For to Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So Thuong, thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing your story and just letting us get to know you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I love sharing stories like this and I hope that it can like inspire more people to think outside the box for sure. I hope so too. And obviously, you know, I love sharing stories because this is why I do this. It lights me up to really hear where people were and and kind of the process of getting there. And and if it does inspire anybody, then that's why we're here. Honest. Yes. Hey friend, If you recognize yourself in these stories and you don't want to give a should anymore, you have to join my coaching community, the GC. Come learn the tools to recognize when fear and worry are running the show and how to shift into more of what you want without guilt or blowing up your life. Unless, of course, that's what you want. Inside the GC, you'll learn strategies to start making yourself a priority. Stop saying yes when you mean no. Have hard conversations and so much more. And... You get to do this with a group of women who are making the same changes in their lives and are there to support you, not judge you. It's a seriously warm, safe space where genuine connections are made. The GC is where doubt and loneliness meet their match. You can get all the info at jennifersherwood.com slash the GC. But if you're not ready for something like that yet, I've got you. Head over to my website, jennifersherwood.com and hit the relief right now button. I'll send three ridiculously simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease.